All right. I'll admit, I didn't expect episode four, such an early episode, to be the first one where I claim I was too busy to record an episode earlier. I, I apologize for that, all right? But it's true. I was really, really busy the last couple weeks. How busy? Well, imagine the most busy you've ever been in your entire life. Now, back off like a smidge or so. And there, that's how busy... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't back off quite that much, okay? Cut me some slack here. I was actually busy. Go ahead and add a dollop back to that. Okay, okay, now you're just being a jerk, okay? No one could ever possibly be that busy in their entire life. That's humanly impossible, okay? Can you nip it back just a, just a little bit? A little bit more? Okay, right there. That's how busy I've been the past couple weeks. I apologize, but that's all in the past because I am back to recording. But let me harp on busyness for a little bit here, if I could. I've found that not being, uh, you know, intimately involved in learning about Unity and learning about C Sharp has, in some ways, I think, uh, prevented me from really absorbing as much information as I possibly can. Now, I know that seems obvious, right? Of course, if you don't learn something, you're not going to know that thing you're learning. That's stupid. But I was kind of hoping that, that coding would be like riding a bike. You learn certain pieces and you will never need to relearn them. They're sort of part of your part of your makeup uh, it now. And, and that's unfortunately not the case because I have had to go back to some previous lessons to remind myself about some things that have um, things that I maybe have missed or maybe have forgotten. Uh, but at the same time, I've also been reading some books, um, some additional books, some additional resources, which I'll talk a little bit about later on in this episode. But before I even get into all of that, let me take a step back and welcome any new listeners to the podcast. You may be wondering what exactly you're listening to. Well, it's a podcast about the Unity 3D game engine and also C Sharp to some extent and me in my journey in trying to learn those things. I'm a complete noob. I have uh, no prior experience to either the C Sharp computer language or really any computer language um, or to Unity. This is me just this podcast is me trying to keep myself motivated so that I don't give up, and hopefully it will be a motivating source for any of you out there who are also in the same boat that I am in. If you want to know the deeper story, just go back and listen to episode one. I go on and on and on. Some have said to uh, nauseating degrees. Mostly those people are people who get nauseous easily. I don't know how else my voice could make you nauseous, but thanks for that. Uh, you'll learn all you could possibly want to know about my uh, my history so far. So with that out of the way, let me jump into this episode. Uh, what am I going to talk about? First, let me lay out the agenda. I'm going to talk about some progress that I've made with the uh, how to create games using Unity, uh, the course that I've been taking, and I'm also going to talk about a little bit about what I've learned through that course and through some other resources. And then I'm going to jump into my main topic for this episode, which is very simply exploring what a game engine is. What is Unity 3D a game engine? There are other game engines out there. What is it exactly? So that's an extremely noob question. And I, I think I, I like that idea. I think I like coming to these episodes uh, with a primary point or a primary topic. Uh, that way, you know, if, if, if you're not just interested in hearing me ramble on about my own experiences, then at least you can listen and, and try to get some insight into some of these uh, what's, what are confusing terms to people who are brand new to this whole world. Um, obviously, if you know exactly what a game engine is, um, then this probably isn't for you. But if you're using a game engine and you haven't really thought about what it is or anything, I'll definitely give you my perspective on it. Again, I'm very new to all of this, so I'm open to being wrong. 
And anybody out there who's listening, please let me know if I'm wrong, and I can definitely correct myself in future episodes. Uh, Again, the primary reason for this whole podcast is just to keep me motivated, keep me interested. So I reserve the right to be totally wrong about any number of things. Then after the main topic, I'm going to dive into some learning tips that uh, have helped me. And then I'll beg for your feedback at the end. That sounds good? I think it sounds good. All right, let's start off my progress. So I have officially finished the C-Sharp Fundamentals for Absolute Beginners course from the Microsoft Virtual Academy. For everyone out there, I highly recommend you take it. It's a free course, and it provided me with a lot of the vocabulary that uh, is now being brought up later on in the um, Unity course. So it's actually been very, very helpful. While the direct C-Sharp the C-sharp uh, uh, things that I've learned, I guess. I, I was going to use a specific example, like a C-sharp methods and things like that. But the actual C-sharp that I, I learned in the uh, fundamentals course might not be directly applicable. But there have definitely been some things that have been now been brought up in uh, in um, the Unity course that kind of surprised me. It was cool that I was able to make those connections. One, one very specific example is... Um, the bool operator, the boolean operator, B-O-O-L, not operator. Well, don't don't go crazy on me. Uh, the bool data type, I think it's called. Uh, so that's something that they really they used in the Unity course, but didn't really explain what it was. But I, having taken the C sharp fundamentals course, did know what that was. So that was really cool to actually see that kind of uh, work together. And I think that's something that's going to keep me motivated when I can start piecing those things together on my own, quote unquote, on my own. I mean, of course, obviously I had the source material to help me out, but the fact that I'm able to bring in uh, what I've learned from other outside venues and package that and bring that into the Unity course is really cool. It's really, really keeping me motivated. Um, So after I finished that course, I did jump headfirst back into the Unity uh, course. And uh, all of these links, by the way, will be in the show description so you can see exactly what courses courses that I'm taking when when I briefly talk over them. Um, I did, uh, I jumped back into it. I finished their number wizard, uh, game. So I, uh, uh, created the UI for the number wizard game. And you can check out that game if you'd like in the, uh, show notes for this particular episode at calebjross.com. Just, uh, click on the Def Duck podcast logo and you'll see it. Uh, Israel, I, I did some cool things with the game. I always try to go a little bit above and beyond. Um, so I did add some functionality, some cool things to the game that, that weren't necessarily in the course. And I think that's really helpful. That's something that I'm going to keep doing with all of the tasks, all of the courses that, that Ben Tristam and Bryce Fernandez uh, ask you to do. So uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, in terms of the Unity course itself, I just finished lecture 80, which I think is about 27% of the way through the course. So I'm heavy into their Brick Breaker game or their um, Arkanoid clone, basically. And I've attempted a Brick Breaker game in the past. Uh, I I attempted one with Game Maker Studios a few years back. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how much of that information, one, how much of it I retain, and two, two, how much of it actually translates into Unity. I'm going to guess not very much, because from what I remember of Game Maker, there's not a whole lot of custom uh, customization that they really... uh, want you to do they they don't really utilize a known language from what i understand it's really sort of the game maker language uh, you kind of have to learn a separate language in order to really utilize that program and i i think that's ultimately what pulled me away from it uh, at the time i didn't really understand the differences between a com- one computer language and another um, i wasn't sure if if how much overlap there was but i still got a sense that what i was learning in game maker was very unique and not something that would translate well i just got that sense and i think that's ultimately what kind of brought me back so unfortunately uh, or fortunately I guess because that allowed me to take on unity all these years later 
So what have I learned since the last episode? Tons, people. Tons. Uh, building the, the UI or the user inter interface for the Number Wizard game, it really helped me to understand what Unity is and kind of what the idea of a game engine really is, which will bleed into the main topic for this episode. Um, and so, you know, I, that, that sort of uh, spawned my interest to dig a little bit deeper into what that is. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Also, what I've learned is that game documents are going to become extremely important, I think. I've been doing a lot of research about uh, game documents or game design documents, or there's a variety of other terms out there, but basically just a document that aligns you and possibly anybody else on your development team to what the game is supposed to be. Uh, it's almost like um, it, it's like a way to keep track of all of the, the elements that are going into the game and all the ideas you've had for the games and all the things that you want to do for the game to kind of centralize it in one particular spot. Uh, I think it's going to be important for me, even though I'm a standalone developer or a standalone learning developer, uh, because I'm going to need to know ideas that I have for making games better. I'm going to need to know ideas that I've had and decided to toss out and not use. Uh, and I've, I've been doing a lot of research on game design documents, and, and there's sort of two schools of thought. Some people say they're really important, and some people say they're kind of a waste of time. But I think the truth is that you have to find a happy medium between uh, how much you want to put into a game document and how much you want to leave out. Uh, the people who are pro-game document are pro, pro, for all the same reasons that I just mentioned that I'm pro. Uh, and the people who are against them, from the most part, they came at it from an angle that a game document tends to be excessive. And you end up, uh, you know, every time you have an idea or a change of something, you have to end up not only implementing that change on your game, but you have to then go and crawl through this extensive game document and try to try and, and update anything there and add notes there. So you're kind of almost making changes to two places at once. And I think that's possibly a downfall if you start getting involved in giant game projects or if you start utilizing a game document almost as a, a minute by minute record keeping of, your, of the game that you're creating. And that's probably not the best way to go about it. From what I've read, I wish I could remember the sources that I read this from, uh, when you get into those larger game builds where you have multiple people working and you start to get into that territory where you feel like you're documenting way too much, the way around that might be just to use something like a wiki. And that way you can sort of collaborate online and, and there's a little bit more organization to it. I, that's, you know, eons beyond what I'm doing right now. So I don't really need to worry about that. But I am sort of a stickler for organization and I actually kind of like the idea of a game document. So um, I, I did actually start a game document for the uh, for the Brick Breaker clone that I'm working on. And that's something that I definitely want to share with everyone. So as I get further into the game and actually start, uh, you know, getting to a point where I either am going to move on to a different game or I'm going to really, you know, really explore what I can do with this Brick Breaker game, uh, I will share that game document with everyone. Speaking of sharing, what a great segue, Caleb. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, I am also going to share some resources that I picked up, uh, and I, I'm doing it primarily to keep track of all the various pieces, uh, the various uh, tools and, and, and books and stuff that I'm reading, but also I want this to be a good roadmap for anyone else who is brand new to this whole thing. So on my website, I have a new section. Uh, if you go to calebjross.com, in the left sidebar, there's a navigation option called Game Dev. Click on that, and right now it's very sparse, but what it's showing is, a first of all, a link to this podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know where it came from, there's one place where you can find out where it came from. And the other piece that I have right now is what I'm calling my game development roadmap. 
Uh, and it's essentially just a list of all the various sources that I've used or am currently using and have found some kind of value in, value enough to recommend it to other people in this, in, in my situation. And it all started because when I was first looking for sources, looking for resources, um, you know, using queries with very, using queries like, you know, how to learn video games, learn to code 3D games, game programming for, programming for beginners, all those kinds of things. I, I, it was really hard to find a single source that said, start here, then do this, then do this, then do this. It was really a lot of um, people talking about things that they've that they've used, um, saying that some things were good, some things were bad, but there was no really, there's no central database or no central place for all of this. And I understand various people are going to have their different learning styles, but I, I wanted someone to just basically say, do this. This is what you need to do and, and be done with it. And so I accepted that that doesn't exist. So what I'm hoping is that I can start to curate that list. So if you go to uh, the game development roadmap page on my website, what you'll see right now is sort of a loose, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a living in progress document. And what you see right now is it's sort of broken up into phases. You have this uh, phase one section, which is learning C-sharp basics. Then you have a phase two, which is learning Unity basics. And what I'm doing is I'm going to be listing resources in there um, with some commentary about why the resources is good and as I, as I digest those resources. So I think that's what's going to set this apart is because this is going to be a compilation of resources, only resources that I've actually used. So it's not going to be anything that someone tells me is good and I go ahead and throw it up there. It's only going to be actual pieces of information that I've used and I have felt found some kind of uh, some kind of um, benefit from. So the top of this the top of the page is that. Um, at the very bottom of the page, it's a list of current resources that I'm uh, that I'm currently reading but haven't yet either read enough or haven't watched you know their videos or whatever. Haven't really in ingested the information enough to decide whether or not it's usable or something that I would recommend, or even further, it, I don't really know where it would fit into that roadmap. If it would be more of a beginner thing, more of an intermediate, or what that might be. So as of right now, that later part of the list, the current resources, is much longer than the actual resources I would recommend, simply because I haven't fully digested any single source except for the C-sharp Fundamentals for Absolute Beginner series by Bob Tabor. Uh, the, that's the Microsoft Virtual Academy uh, course that I talked about. So after I get through with the Unity uh, course, then I'll probably list that there and I'll put it in an area where I think it needs to be. But that's going to be the most important thing to me is I'm only going to list things that I have fully read, fully embraced, fully uh, digested to use. God, I've been using a lot of gastrointestinal terms for some reason. So uh, carrying on with that, I suppose, I will also be listing resources here that I've vomited up vehemently because they did not work. So I do want to list those as well. And if I find any resources um, that just don't seem to make any sense or that I gave up on for one reason or another, I'm going to list those too. And I'm going to explain why I gave up on them and why I feel like I didn't get anything out of them. So again, it's a it's a living document. It's going to evolve. It's going to change. Uh, but what's important is that it's something it's it's something that I hope you guys out there can use too. So and if, you, and if there is something out there like this that already exists that you guys know about, let me know. I couldn't find anything that really suited my needs, so I'm hoping this will fill that gap swimmingly. Now onto the main topic, what is a game engine? Seems like a very simple question. You could probably look it up online. You know what, you probably should, because you would also get more information about it other than just this. But from my, uh, 
rookie perspective, um, I wanted to get a good sense of what a game engine was because I was using them and I just like to learn about those things. So um, Wikipedia simply says that a game engine is a software framework designed for the creation and development of video games. That is very simple, straightforward, makes sense, right? Uh, Wikipedia also mentions that a game engine makes it easier to port games to multiple platforms. Unity is a great example of this. You can export, you can build a game uh, for iOS, for Android, for uh, Windows, uh, PlayStation, all these kind of things just through through Unity, which is great. Apparently that's not something that's all that common. Apparently a lot of other game engines make it, it's, it's not nearly as easy. I don't know, but that's what I've read. Um, Wikipedia, I'll, I'll go on and read a uh, larger portion of Wikipedia as well. Uh, bear with me here, but I think this entire section is really, really good. So Wikipedia also says that um, game engine developers attempt to pre-invent the wheel. <laughs> by developing robust software suites which handle many elements a game developer may need to build a game. Most game engine suites provide facilities that ease development, such as graphics, sound, physics, AI functions. Uh, these game engines are sometimes called middleware, term I've actually never heard of before, because as with the business sense of the term, they provide a flexible and reusable software platform which provides the, all the core functionality, needed, core functionality needed right out of the box. Blech. A lot of stuff that that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people and didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me at first because i'm still thinking there's got to be you know by that definition could i don't know microsoft excel be a game engine if i made a formula based calculator game using excel i mean in some ways i guess it could be so i i wanted something a bit it was a little bit too abstract for me so there's a lot of confusing ways to define a game engine but I think it works for me if I if I think about it like this. Okay, follow me here. So it's like making a pizza, right? You could you could buy the flour to make the dough, you could raise the cow, you could milk it to make cheese, you could kill a pig, you could sausageify the pig, you could grow the oregano, you get the picture, you could do all that stuff. Or you could buy the dough, you could buy a bag of shredded cheese, you could buy sliced pepperoni. Basically, you could buy all the ingredients prepackaged in a way that is conducive to pizza making. Or, you know, you could just order a full pizza for delivery, but that's not fun. We want to make the game pizza ourselves. And game pizza sounds awesome. So it's really just a way to gather all of the components that are used in most games or many games put them into a single area and, and make it as easy as possible or at least make it functionally possible to create a game based off of it. And the, the big trick is that prevents you from having to learn actual line by line by line code to create the games. Um, in a way that, you know, it almost is a little disheartening to think that a game engine in some ways is still kind of cheating. You know, it's uh, you're still not actually learning uh, the full program of a game but you know you can't be expected to right that would be crazy pants so uh obviously we're all glad uh game engines exist um but if you're really good why don't you make a game without a game engine huh uh, try try that all right okay don't try that so that's a game engine simple as that it's weird that the main topic of this episode was so small such a short thing but it but it is all right if you've got a good way to uh, think about a game engine and what it is, let me know. Tell me. That'd be great. I'll leave with one more uh, verbatim description that I took from the internet. Uh, this is from GameCareerGuide.com, which sounds like a totally boring site. But there's a lot of good stuff there. So 
They say that the concept of a game engine is fairly simple. It exists it, it exists to abstract the parentheses sometime platform dependent details of doing common game related tasks like rendering, physics, and input, so that developers artists, designers, scripters, and yes, even other programmers can focus on the details that make their games unique. See that one, that one sounds good. I like that one. Okay. That, that's, that makes you feel like the, I don't know, that helps, I guess, account for the art of making the game rather than just the programming of making a game. So kudos to gamecareerguide.com. Uh, the link to that full article will be in the show notes as well. This brings me to my second to last portion of this episode learning tips what have i learned what tips have helped me learn over the past couple of weeks i really only just got one this time um i like i I found that reading about examples of code that experts consider groundbreaking or just otherwise exemplary of something unique or something fascinating um is is actually really helpful i don't really get a lot of what they're talking about i don't necessarily understand the code that they're talking about by any means but hearing developers talk about what impresses them kind of lets me know what I should shoot for and at the same time lets me know kind of what the standard is. So if a developer was very impressed by the way someone shaded uh, a game, for example, the way the way that someone built a shader for a game to really give it light effects, that sort of thing, then I not only know that, hey, that's a very cool thing to do, that that's, you know, that's, that's unique, that's different, that's probably difficult, but also what I've learned what I learned from that is that uh, most games or most programmers don't do that, meaning that that's not something I'm really expected to be able to do right away as a, as a as a rookie, as a noob. So uh, it's 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 good. It's it's good to learn those kinds of things. It also helps me get familiar with the language in a, in the same way that listening to interviews with developers, um, which I mentioned on the last uh, one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, helped me do. Um, and speaking of interviews with developers, uh, I also. Um, I am listening to a couple really cool podcasts out there. I've talked about uh, at least one of them already, um, but uh, there's a couple of them out there, and I'll just kind of run through them real quick. Uh, Noob Quest is a really good one, N-E-W-B-Q-U-E-S-T. There hasn't been a new episode in a while, but uh, it's interviews with developers, but it's from the perspective. Uh, the interviewee is someone very much in my shoes. Well, in my shoes years ago, I guess, or I'm in that person's shoes from years ago. Anyway, the person doing it is much more advanced now, but when he started the podcast, he was very much a noob as well, so um, it's cool to listen to those. Uh, there's one I started listening to um, fairly recently called 2.5D, the Unity Game Dev Podcast. That's really cool, uh, just people talking about Unity, talking about game development, and they're not doing it in a very technical way. They're doing it sort of in an abstract way. It's just, it sounds like just a couple of guys sitting on a couch chatting is what it really sounds like. But I think maybe they do video uh, podcasts. So it's probably like a, a Google Hangout type situation, but um, I only listen to them. So I don't know. Um, and the last one I'll mention is called Code Monkeys. And this one is by no means a game development podcast, and it very rarely is even a development podcast, but it's just two guys talking about sciencey stuff, uh, nerdy stuff, uh, sometimes coding, um, and I really like it. One of the hosts is uh, Kevin Giese, and he is uh, a guy I was made aware of through YouTube. Um, I used to do YouTube videos and so he had sort of a sense of humor and, and, a, and an aesthetic that I really enjoyed and really liked and I still like his stuff. Um, so he, he now does this podcast and so of course I listened to that as well. Also very good. Um, and that's it, I think, for this episode, which brings me to the final portion of this episode and that's feedback. 
I beg of you, please leave me some feedback. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can go to my homepage, calebjross.com, and you can find the RSS feed there to subscribe. Uh, I also will shortly be available on the new Google Play podcast. I don't know what they're going to call it, Google Music Podcast, something like that. I don't know. It's not available for users yet, but they have notified podcasters to um, upload their feeds. So it will be available on that whenever that rolls out. Um, But in any one of those platforms, you can either leave reviews. I would love that. Um, or if you want to leave a comment, you can do so at calebjross.com in the po- blog post for this episode. Uh, you could also leave comments uh, at Facebook. I'm at facebook.com slash rosscaleb. Uh, it's my personal account. It's not like a, a, a professional account or anything like that. So you might have to friend me to leave a comment. I'm not sure how that works. You can also tweet at me. I'm at Caleb J. Ross. I'm always on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to find me at Caleb J. Ross. And let me know what you think. Um, let me know where I may have gaps in my information that need to be corrected. Um, and otherwise, just drop me a line. Let me know uh, that uh, that it's worth sticking to this whole game dev thing, this whole coding thing. Uh, I am enjoying it so far. And once again, this whole thing is created to keep me motivated. So I hope that you could help keep me motivated. Thank you so much. 